Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Gabby Roslin Podcast. Welcome to that Gabby Roslin Podcast with me, Gabby Roslin. I am so excited to actually be launching this show at last with none other than the greatest living actress and her fabulous actress daughter, Dame Judi Dench and Finty Williams. If you've ever wondered about what Dame Judi Dench has in the back of her sitting room or what she's done in her back garden with some trees, trust me, it's very magical, or what sort of sofa she sits on, well, have a listen. Gorgeous lady. Hello, gorgeous woman. Hello. Oh, how dirty is your sofa, Judy? Well, I can't see, so it could be absolutely filthy. <laughs> okay, Finty, how dirty is her sofa? Well, it's quite. It's quite. <laughs> no, it's not. It's used. It's cream, so it's just. It's, it's quite dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, used, I like used, you see. I actually, I'm one of those people, I don't know what your house is like, but I, I'm not good with the everything immaculate and in its place and super neat and tidy clean sort of thing. No, you have to have a house. It's a house where you live. Exactly. And then also, it's weird if everything's in its place. Please tell me the things aren't in their places. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, have you got about four hours? I'd just like to tell you, Gabby, that the sofa that we're sitting on, it's very lovely. It's cream. The whole room is cream. It's beautiful. We've got candles. Sheep in the room. She's the thing that's sorry? sitting behind her on the sofa is a bright blue furry octopus. <laughs> and also we have we have we have a life size sheep in the room. Okay, so you have a blue octopus and a sheep yes. in your room. Why are we just doing this in audio? Because there's a you could tell me anything and I'd have to believe it. Well, quite <laughs> swan and a duckling. What, what real ones? No, Gabby. We have got real ones. They're just outside the window. Not swans. Or octopuses. We don't know. We might. Have you got a sheep in your garden? Have you got sheep then? We've got a full-size sheep in this room. Yes, but not in the garden. No, in the room. We sound like mad women. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have... Have you got Biscuit the hamster still and the moorhens? No! no. Oh, no. We okay, have got the moorhens and the ducks, but we now have... Got, we share nice... two cats... Uh, who are, were actually bought for Mar but couldn't live here. But they're called Ron and Tits. OK, Ron I get. Tits? Tell me about Tits. Oberon and Titania. Ah, oh, of course, silly me. I treat them like children. <laughs> and um, Tits had to go to the vet and um, 
I I said to Finn, don't what the vet's bill was gigantic. I said, don't please don't worry. I paid the bill, and then so then I got flowers uh, that were sent um, to me saying thank you um, from tits. And the florists rang Fint and said, there is one word about this that we don't think is correct. We think we've misheard it. We're not allowed to print it because it's offensive. <laughs> Can we just start with laughing? And and corpsing on stage because I know you two are just like me. You, uh, have you ever had that moment on stage or on camera where you just cannot carry on because you're laughing? I mean, it's happened to me too many times, Gabby. I I got into really severe trouble, but the worst was we're not on stage, so we can say Macbeth. We did Macbeth in a very small space with the audience just sitting round and. And I was kneeling at Ian McKellen's feet and the audience were about four feet from me. And he said, misquoted, and said, light thickens and the crow makes wing to the rookie nook, he said, instead of rookie wood. And I had to turn it into, <laughs> I made an excuse to myself quickly that Lady Macbeth at this point had a fit of hysteria and threw herself about a lot and lay on the ground. <laughs> but the thing is that Ian had it as well. You know, Sir Lawrence called it exquisite agony. Funny enough, my the worst one that, that ever happened to me was also in Macbeth, but not obviously not that production. I did a production of Macbeth at the Globe, and uh, one of my favourite humans on the planet is an actor called Gorn Granger, and he's I think he was seventy then, uh, and he we had to run on to do the sleepwalking scene with Samantha Spiro, who you know. And I ran on through the crowd of the Globe and up the stairs, and I had to turn around and deliver the first line to him. And he'd run on behind me, and then he was wearing, like, one of those long cassocks, and he walked up the steps, but every step he took, <laughs> he walked further up the cassock. So literally, but then couldn't work out how to step backwards and stand up straight. So played the whole scene as a sort of three-foot hunchback. And then there was another weekend when we were doing it. They were both happened on Sundays, bizarrely. Uh, and the first line that the, the doctor says is, when was it she last walked? And Gorn Granger came on, managed to make it up the stairs this time. Samantha Spira is there doing her sort of mad sleepwalking acting. And he shouted at the top of her voice, when was it she last worked? Walked, walked! <laughs> the other thing that um, I want to talk to you about, Judy, is that I read that you like learning a new fact every day. Is that still the case? It, well, it is, and even more in lockdown, actually. Um... I like, I just, I love learning. I just, it's only to keep my brain going, Gabby. It's all it is, is to keep, you know, the, the machine, machinery working. And uh, I love, I love, that's why my favourite programme is University Challenge. I absolutely love it. Um, because I, I just love to learn a new, a new fact or a new word or, you know, something like that or, or learn something. Or, you know, or just to keep um, everything oiled. In fact, really. yesterday, Gabby, I came down here, we watched Tipping Point, Indeed. which is one of Mars' most favourites. Then we watched Pointless. And then we watched... Then we watched, watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you should move in with my father. That was his whole day <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> he's, the, he's the same age as you, Judy, and he loves the quiz shows, and he says it just keeps his 
brain ticking over and working and word games he absolutely loves as well. And he says that he, they kept him sane, especially during lockdown. Well, yeah. I, I quite agree. And I think to learn something new is wonderful. I racked my brain about giving you a new fact because I thought probably between you, you had a lot of facts. So I've got, I found a very sweet fact that you might not know that I hope is your fact for the day for both of you. So I've now learnt that sea otters hold hands when they sleep. They we've, do. Seen them, don't we? we've seen Drift. them. We've seen them. They were what? one. Yes, we've seen them do it in, in Vancouver. Um, they, and one, they together and they lie on their back and one does link arms and they <gasps> both have um, a, a, a shell on their front, a stone on their front to, to uh, you know, to break um, scallops or oysters or whatever. But one goes to sleep while but the other steers. They fold everything in. So they fold they their tails in and their paws and everything. I'd like to know that. I'd like, I think you should know that we're acting out the sea water <laughs> thing <laughs> just for our own benefit here. Which is, which is the one that's asleep then? Who's asleep and who's holding the hand? They take it in turns. No, I meant out of you two now. Oh, well, Ma, it. Ma was just doing it. Ma was just doing everything. I, okay, I'll tell you a good, I'll go, a good fact about sea otters, Gabby, is that if you put your finger on a sea otter, the amount of hair that your fingertip will cover is the amount of hair that we have on our bodies. That's how much hair they have. What? Yeah. So, so if you were if you were lucky enough to put your finger onto a sea otter, you might not have one afterwards. You but... might not. Uh, you'd have to pick the one that was asleep. Um, that the amount of fur, yes. the amount of hair follicles that your fingertip would cover on that sea otter, is the amount of hair that we have on our entire bodies. That's how dense it is on their bodies. Wow, I can't believe you've. Had, uh, of all the things to say that. What an amazing thing to witness. Talking of animals, this is a strange, it's a strange segue, but um, something that um, I, I was also thinking about the other day is SEO Trot, which I thought was one of the most extraordinarily beautiful things. I watched it straight through twice. Uh, we had 80 tortoises, Gabby. <laughs> 80? Just the 80. Some of them were real. Most of them were real. And a few were prop tortoises. But um, I don't know who appeared. I don't know who... I, I'm not sure that SEO was the same tortoise, but it was simply wonderful. What makes you decide a, a yes or a no to both of you to, to something that's offered you? I just say yes, because yes. I don't get offered that many things. <laughs> I say yes too. <laughs> really? Do you ever say no? Well, sometimes, but rarely. Do you think... Do you? Because you also... Both of you have talked about gratitude and of being thankful and and you both use the word lucky a lot do you believe that those things carry people through especially obviously the last few few months not years although it feels like years sometimes but the last few months but gratitude and and luck do you think they're very important things for us all to be able to hold on to i i think it's incredibly i'm i'm just coming to the end of filming and I know how lucky I am. I know, I know that this is just this is something that Ken Branagh has written during lockdown about his childhood, and now we're just, we are filming it. I know how lucky I am, but I think um, I think we uh, when you think of the number of people, especially in 
in our profession who who want to act and have all the facilities of acting and are just as good as everybody else. I mean, I think it is a question. I think it is often a question of luck, of just being in the right place at the right time and therefore unbelievably thankful about it. Can I just talk about your childhood, Judy, and then the, you... you... Obviously, your your mother was a. Um, she worked in the theatre. No, 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 she didn't. Didn't she work as a wardrobe mistress occasionally? She just happened to make the costumes for the mistress. Yes, yes. And you had actors in your house when you were a child. Did you staying? We had. We used to have uh, members of the doily cart. When they went on tour, they'd come and stay, and we were all tremendous Gilbert and Sullivan fans. So we all used to sing and know all the lines um, and sing. <laughs> get them to do poor things. The last thing they'd want coming in from the show was the whole family saying, oh, do do that bit and do do that bit. <laughs> um, so, but we were, it was, although my pa was a doctor, uh, it was very theatre orientated in the fact that we were taken to the theatre all the time. And, and uh, my father used to be able to uh, do the whole of the Mort D'Arthur uh, and he used to wake me every morning with uh, a lines from Omar Khayyam, awake for morning in the bowl of night, hath flung the stone that sets the stars to flight, and lo, the hunter of the east has caught the sultan's turret in a noose of light. He said it every morning to me. Not a surprise, I suppose, that one of one of my brothers was a doctor, one was an actor, Jeff, and and I followed him. So was it the same then for you, Finty? Then so. Um, Judy, you had all these performers around and, and Finty as well. You had, I presume, not necessarily staying in your house, but you had obviously your incredible father as well um, and mother who were performers. So was it always, I hate to say inevitable because I, I, that word annoys me somehow, but it just feels such a glorious profession to go into. And I can imagine you felt quite wide eyed about it. Did you? Um, I did. I wanted to be a dancer, really. Um, a nurse dancer or something? No, acrobatic my... nurse was when I was that about is. four. You know those things that you pull yourself up on in hospital when you've broken your leg? Yes. I thought that they could act as very small trapezes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> but it would have been a triumph too, swinging down the ward and taking your temperature upside down, the nurse. I mean, it would have been thrilling, wouldn't it? That's what they should do. Yeah, I think so. I might offer my services. <laughs> then musicals have always been my absolute passion. And so I wanted to be a dancer. And then I was offered a television series when I was still at school, which I took with Ma and Dadden's uh, support. Uh, and then I did a play and then I went to drama school. So... It, I'm loath to say that I ever particularly made the choice, but that I ever didn't sort of make the choice, if you know what I mean. Yeah, completely. I completely, I completely understand. Judy, did you, did, were your parents completely supportive of, of your choice? I know you wanted to be a theatre designer, but, but were they completely, did they say, yes, do this, go for it? They did. They did. How wonderful. And, Je and Jeff before me. Jeff went to Central before me and then won a Fulbright scholarship and went to Atlanta and Georgia and came back. And, and um, he actually is the actor who's been longest ever at, the, at Stratford. So, um, yes, I mean, we, we were so lucky and they were so uh, enthusiastic. 
and we were always taken. I remember as a little, little girl being taken to York Rep by Mummy uh, to see Cuckoo in the Nest. And there's a moment when a man stands up at the end of the bed out of a kind of... Um, two people are in the bed and, and this man stands up wearing combinations. Do you know those long, long trousers and <laughs> vests and things? And I laughed so much <laughs> that I made myself sick. And so Mummy had to take <laughs> me out. And I was so cross on the way home and crying and saying, but I wanted to know what had happened to the man. So she took me back the next day. <laughs> oh, she took you back. She did. Oh, that's fantastic. But all those young people who were just leaving drama school and all, I mean, what on earth are they going to do? What advice would you give to them, Judy? Uh, I, uh, it, it, abs it obsesses me each day. I mean, it's all, it's, I kind of feel that people, we've had a go, a lot of us. Um, I mean, I'm meaning my generation. But for young people, and also get just going to university and just about to emerge into a new job. And I mean, Sammy is it was going to do a new job, and and of course that's held up because that's to do with the theatre. Um, and you know what what hope have we got? And that their enthusiasm should be taken away. You know because you can be enthusiastic for so long, and then you know the the. The, the longer this goes on, the more difficult it's going to be. Uh, oh, I, I despair. I heard somebody the other day, really interesting, it was not apropos of this, but I heard a woman being interviewed. She was the headmistress of a school in America, and she said that when she became a headmistress, she she realised she had to do three things. One was, remember that young people aren't just small adults. Number two, never, ever talk down to a young person and make them feel patronised. And number three, never let them be without hope. And I thought that was so she was good. pertinent, you know, about now. Do you live for the day, both of you, or do you look forward or are you very good at living in the moment? I, I'm a terrible one for living in the past. Me too. I... I I have a great yearning to go back to places that remind me of people. Uh, I, I hang on to groups of people from the past because I want to sort of hang on to that happiness. I always, I still always think that, like, my life's going to turn into a Disney film. <laughs> I still think that that's going to happen. That's <laughs> going to be the Disney ending. I don't know. I think lockdown's made us all appreciate just how much we have without looking forward or back. It certainly made me realise what I have immediately surrounding me. What lockdown has done is it, it has brought out... People have got inventive about so many things, and I just love that. I love it that, you know, people went out on their balconies and, and uh, I mean, certainly for the NHS, of course, but the, but um, the, there's been quizzes online and uh, and what's that thing called Zoom? Yes. <laughs> Which I don't know about. Um, and Zoom. So, you, you know, there is, and I heard the other day a wonderful, wonderful 
a story about a, a woman in Northern Ireland who came out and that alleyway running along the back of her house, she saw the children playing and thought, this is too grim for them. And she said to somebody, would you put the dustbin somewhere else? And he did. And she, and then her neighbour, and then the person across the way, then the, the other one, they've all become a community for the first time and have created in this alleyway the most wonderful garden. Well, that's so... Such a regenerative feeling to have, and you think, what a may, that wouldn't have happened, maybe if lockdown hadn't happened. Somehow, somehow, if you can find the pluses, and my God, there are a lot of minuses, but somehow to find them. Can we just talk about um, obviously a, a horrible time in your lives? I, I mean, my my mother died of lung cancer around the same age as your dad and your your husband, as Michael. Um, having each other there through all of that, you know, that's another time that you just realise how important family and friends are, don't you? I, I, I'm going, I, you know, I'm going to be very honest. I wasn't very uh, present. Um, you know, I've been sober for a long time now, but I wasn't at, the po- at that point. Uh, and I wasn't as present as I could have been. Um, and, you know, that's something that I will always be really regretful about. Um, so I know, I know who the friends are of Mars that got her through that time. And I will always be very grateful to them. Um, and, you know, you, you can only, you can only hope to make up for something by carrying on being well. It's all a bit of a haze to me, actually. It wasn't the best time, was it? No, it wasn't the best time. But Gabby, I tell you something the other day, I came into the house from the garden and, um, I said something out loud to Michael because his presence is very much in our house and the garden and everything. Uh, and Fint and I talk about it often. Um, and uh, I went upstairs and the curtain in my bathroom um, had flicked open in some way or, or doubled back. And I, and I straightened it and there was a bang on the wall and I looked down on the floor was a round tin with I love you on the top of it. Amazing. Now, you can interpret it any way you like. You can say, well, the tin was... I don't remember the tin sitting there at all. don't remember the tin. Uh, uh, but but those kind of things, do you know, uh, whether it people will say, oh, well, it's your imagination, I think that those are the kind of things that sometimes just happen at the most perfect time. And the the other one was when we were isolating, do you remember? And... Uh, I was standing in my garden in Stockwell mm. and uh, and I spoke out loud to Dad and although he, obviously he never saw that house, um, there are many reasons why I think he chose it for us. Um, but I was talking out loud to him and I said, please just tell me that uh, the, the family, all our people are going to get through this okay. Uh, and I went in and his favourite song, well, not his favourite song, but a song that he and I loved more than any other, used to make him howl with tears, was Whitney Houston singing I Will Always Love You. And it comes on the radio at the most bizarre times. And I'd had, I think it was Magic at the Musicals on the radio. 
and I walked into the kitchen and it was playing. And I phoned Ma straight away and I just couldn't stop crying. I was like, listen, listen to what's playing, listen. So, you know, and as Ma said, you can take that as coincidence or... No, don't. I, I believe I'm exactly the same as you two, exactly the same. Let's talk musical theatre, which is something that all of us love deeply. Um, uh, Judy, I was listening to uh, Cabaret and wow, it's... It's incredible. Isn't that an amazing show? It is a wonderful show. And I got the most wonderful, I, I pass this on all the time, wonderful piece of advice from um, Hal Prince that you could possibly hope for. And that, uh, and, and my goodness, I hung on to it. He said, you must never finish, uh, if you speak in a musical, you must never then go into another voice. Um, to sing the song must be the same person who spoke the lines before and it's a wonderful wonderful piece of advice mm. you know you don't suddenly go into singing mode well i can't because i can't sing <laughs> well you can't you say you can't well you, you can but you've done i mean you also you did um send in the clouds i mean that that's an extraordinary song and there is something i i remember my singing teacher always saying You've got to act the words, not just think, oh, can I hit the note? Yes, that's right. And he, that's right, I remember, because he also said, if you can't get to the final note in Cabaret, act that you can't get it. Oh, <gasps> that's brilliant. Because it takes anxiety away from you. But Fint doesn't have to do that because she's got the voice and she can sing it. No, not at all. No, don't say not at all. You are a singer. She no, is a singer. I'm not. She is definitely a singer. I sing in my car. I absolutely smashed the songs from Frozen 2 on the way back on the M4 the other day. <laughs> I sang them like nobody else has ever sung them. You really do want to be in a Disney... I want to be full Disney uh, or a Muppet. That's my dream. You want to be a Muppet or you want to be in the Muppets? No, I want to be a Muppet. Like, you not... must only have scenes with Animal. And Elmo. And Elmo. I'd like to be, I'd, I, I would very much like to, oh, you know, yes. be in charge Elmo. of a Muppet. Right, we have to come up for, with a Muppet name for you then. We do. Well, I've got, I've already got, there's <laughs> Ivy Tower. <laughs> you know, when she speaks like this, she's a kind of, you know, real Broadway sort of girl. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> Ivy Tower, because that was the name of the place that Joe stayed in when he was on Broadway was called Ivy Tower, so I thought that she should be a person. Oh, my God, you've got it. Okay, so what does she look like? Well, you're the designer, Judy, come on. We have got we want the whole set. So, Finty, what does she look like? Judy, what's the set like, please? Oh, well, there's okay. a glass floor, then, that she dances on. Yeah. A glass floor? She dances on a glass floor? Tricky, tricky glass floor if you're a Muppet. No, not if you're a Muppet. No, feet. <laughs> yes, but then everybody will see her pants if she wears a skirt. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't have a glass floor because if somebody's walking underneath, forget that you're a Muppet. I don't mean you, that Ivy Tower's a Muppet. Everyone's going to see your pants. And what if she's not wearing pants? Well, quite. Oh, gosh. She doesn't strike me as a girl who'd wear pants. No. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, Judy, can I ask you something else as well? In uh, Desert Island Discs, you said something that has never, ever left me. It's one of those, there's two things actually, which I'll tell you about, which is quite a nice coincidence. But one of the things that you said, and I think it was about five or six, seven years ago, maybe that you just said this, but you said on your Desert Island, and this made me cry, and I'm not going to cry now, but it, but you said you wanted cutouts of friends and family. Yes, I did. Well, I'm no good on my own at all. I'm absolutely hopeless. I'm hopeless. I'm very, very, very bad at my own company. Uh, and I think I always have been. So I think to have, you know, like that thing of, is it Easter Island, you know, and if you had all your friends all over the island, well, how wonderful that would be. Would you have like a little speaker with their voice? No, I don't think I would. I think it's just lovely to see them. My garden's full of trees uh, that are all planted to our friends who have died. And they've all got their names on. Little wooden plaque, Little wooden with, their plaque name on. with their name on. The whole garden is full of, um, full of friends. Oh, wow. May I ask who's in your garden? Oh, Alec McCann and uh, Mikey, of course. Natasha uh, Richardson. Natasha and uh, Kevin Coulson and Ned Sherin and Frank Hauser. Yes, Ian Richardson, Lou Gish, Gish, and uh, John Rogan. Oh, imagine the conversations with all of them. They're all having a chat out there. And Uncle Peter and Uncle Jeff and Dad yes. and, and Mama's best friend Pink, they're all in the same bit, so I imagine they have quite they a are. nice time together. They are. And Minnie, the dog. And Minnie and Lolo's, Lulford, and, uh, and Lazarus. The goldfish. And Biscuit. Is Biscuit the hamster there? Biscuit's oh, out on the rockery. Biscuit. What a beautiful thing to do. I love that. I love but My husband wants to go round the world planting trees. That's his life. Oh, dream. what a brilliant thing to do. Can we come with him? Tell him that we'll come. You bet. Happily. Happily. Oh, goodness me. The other thing that you said on Desert Island Discs, Judy, and uh, this is a very in thing, but... Um, uh, you said you love the shipping forecast. And my father used to do the shipping forecast because he was a Radio 4 newsreader and announcer. Oh! 
And uh, he used to do the shipping forecast. And I told him that yesterday when I was redoing all my research. And he he said, well, that's made my day. Oh, how lovely. And did he say Finisterre? He did say Finisterre. I said to him, did you say Finisterre? He said, absolutely, I said Finisterre. She's literally made her day. Finisterre. (laughs) There's no more beautiful name than that. But they did change it to Fitzroy. Mind you, he was on the boat, so it's all right, isn't it? He was on Darwin's boat. So Fitzroy, he's allowed to be there. But Finisterre, God, it's romantic. Mm. Oh, well, that's love. You can tell your father that you literally made Mars Day. Well, I must have listened to him all the time. Yes, possibly. I remember it was great when I was a an older teenager and I wasn't sure what time my father... I wasn't sure about my parents coming in if I had... Um, a boyfriend at home, but then we'd know that my dad was doing the shipping forecast and he might be on his way home. <laughs> so you'd be safe till after German bite. <laughs> <laughs> now, the two things, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about what you're doing, Finty, but you're, go- you're doing something for Netflix. Are you allowed to talk about it? I don't know. Should we just talk about it then? Just don't tell me too much. Okay. It's so exciting. I'm extremely lucky, extremely lucky, and I know I am. Uh, that I am doing uh, an eight-part series for Netflix. So I go away next week um, for eight weeks, which is... I'm a bit like Mar. I'm not very good on my own. So the thought of being on my own is a little bit scary, but they've been very kind and and it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be really lovely to be working again. The three of us have that thing that... We have, we're, we're very shy. You and I have spoken about it before, and I know that, Judy, you've spoken about it. But but going to a new job, do you get... I, I, I sort of go all funny in my tummy because I'm, I'm desperately shy. And, and oh, a new job makes me go... So I, I could hear the way you were talking about it, that sort of mixed excitement and, oh, dear. Especially because it's the second series. Um, like 80% of the people all know each other and uh, they're all very uh, cool and trendy sort of people in their 20s and uh and and I genuinely feel like the person who's joined the school where everybody's wearing sort of Levi's and cowboy boots and looking cool and I'm wearing a pleated skirt and a pair of Clark's shoes <laughs> I keep sort of I keep having this weird thing of go, of thinking I must show them I have tattoos um, just so we'll flash our tattoos yeah so I can be sort of cool I think I'll probably all change. I'll be in my in my room sort of reading books and learning Italian while they're all sort of being cool somewhere else. <laughs> do you know that's absolutely not the case, but it's before you do it is are, are you the same Judy? Do you still get those shy moments? Yes, I I get I get I'm I'm have always been the whole of my life paranoid about walking into a room on my own full of people. <gasps> same, and I, same. I I am still like it. I got Eighty-five, for Christ's sake! Are you? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Going to be eighty-six. <laughs> um, but I, um, yes, I mean, I. What is it? I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's. Well, I suppose you're born with it, like we we all must be. Insecure, is it, or frightened? I mean, what are we frightened of? I don't know. I've often tried to understand, but it doesn't help the feeling. I'm fascinated by shyness, though, because I wonder if some of it comes from, I mean, it comes from insecurities. And and um, uh, I've read, Finty, that you've said about that. And I've read that you do as well, that 
I don't like everybody looking at me and yet I'm I'm up there on a TV screen and I there is nothing I love more than doing my job. Do you think but it's I, to do with so the fact that we're all allowed to have whether it's presenting or you know working on a film or being on stage that we're allowed to have an alter ego and within that alter ego you're allowed to be anything or feel anything and that actually the, one of the reasons we do it is so that we don't have to confront the things mm. that we really feel good, or good, how we really answer. look or good, good you know because on stage I'm five foot eleven and have a 23 inch waist know, and 42 inch legs and that very very long hair right down that my back. really long hair I know people think because you can get up and and you and you walk on a stage and do something that you must feel very secure about. Who says that? What? Where? Where is the rule that says that? You know, perhaps you're just brave, or foolhardy. <laughs> but um, so you, what you, what we give out is absolutely the antithesis of what we are inside. Maybe we put up all sorts of bluffs for for ourselves do you know to to be able to get through things i think and once you've done one day it's never quite as bad after that i think it's quite I scary with agree. everybody wearing masks at the moment because you can't <laughs> quite work out who people are and so there's that sort of strange added thing of not you know we take for granted how much we take in from somebody's face whether they look kind or whether they look a bit stern and we might give them a bit of a wide berth or whether they look like somebody who'd be fun to be around you know and when you can only see people's eyes also poor mark can't hear what people are saying i can't hear nor can i see them so <laughs> i can easily go up and play the a, a whole scene with somebody <laughs> totally the wrong who's person. totally the wrong person so how how much can you see my, my i'm i know a, a lot of um lovely people who have macular degeneration and how how much can you actually still see if you i mean can you see it can you see finty now so oh yes i can see Fint, and um, and yes i can i am um, sitting about 10 <laughs> centimeters away from you i can't i can't see to read anymore i can't read anymore so i have a, a different process for learning and i can't um they say, you see, when when if you can't hear very well either, that you look at people's mouths, that that's how you hear what they say if you can't see them. But if you can't see their mouths because they're behind masks. Uh, they're talking about the masks with um, uh, a see-through bit around the mouth for people who you, who lip read. But but surely if you're if you can't see terribly well and you're lip reading, how do you see what they're saying? Oh, you just have to be pointed in the right direction, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and get closer. The excuse is exquisite, of course. Because if, <laughs> if it's anyone, there's a whole crowd of people and they say, look who's here. I have to go for about six inches away from the person <laughs> to say, hello. Uh, talking of, show, uh, of showbiz things, what is this about you being locked out of the Oscars? Oh, yes. We were. We were. What happened? How did, how did you get locked out of the Oscars? They locked the door. They well, shut the door. And we were that very tall girl. Shari, uh, no, Shari. we weren't. Yes. We, no, we weren't. Yes, because she was so Okay, yes. But mm. so, Gabby, the thing is that, like, you know, the, 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 the extraordinary thing about the Oscars is that bank of um, in people wanting to interview you if you're someone and you're on the left-hand side of the rope. If you're no one, you're on the right-hand side of the rope. But... Um, that, the, that bank of, of people wanting to interview you 
can take two hours. And because Mara is Mara and wanted to do all the interviews that she could uh, and was being really kind and saying hello to everybody, we didn't know that there was a time limit on uh, how long we had. So it was, we ended up in a door lock with Morgan Freeman. And Penelope Cruz and we were held in that door lock and they said, and you're not allowed to go in. And then suddenly the doors flung open and tall Charlize Theron, Theron came in and said, no, I'm sorry, I'm needed and, and went straight in. And then we went in and we were directed to some seats. Yes. And then they realised that they'd put us in Morgan Freeman's seats and then we had to swap seats. It was a real nightmare. <laughs> we were like a couple of gerbils scurrying along behind Charlize Theron. <laughs> going, oh, do we sit here? No, we don't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we had Morgan Freeman, hadn't we, for we a did. comfort? We did. That was good. Morgan Freeman is one of those people on my list that I think I'd go a little bit silly over. Yes, I'm afraid. He's very beautiful. He came and knelt down once. We were having a drink at the Four Seasons and he came and knelt down and said hello to us. And and uh, he ha he was there with three ladies and he said and he and we introduced uh, Were you with me, darling? Yes, yes. I was. You and Tor. Not and tall, yes, and tall, my agent. And uh, and he, he said, oh, how do you do, how do you do? He said, and these are my wives, he said. He did, <laughs> didn't he? He did, he was so, so beautiful. beautiful. Do you, uh, so, oh, please, oh, other stories like that of you two at the Oscars. I love these. See, I love a bit of, when I was a child, these are the sort of stories I used to dream about hearing. I just think they're wonderful, magical things that we don't ever see or hear about. Ask Fint about Antonio Banderas. Go for it, please. Oh, man. It's literally, it's made my legs go like the marinara trench in one go. Um, so it was the first year that Ma got nominated and we, we had an absolute blast. We had the best time. And there was a, a smoking area and um, I had very long... Do you remember when, like, we used to stick false nails on with super glue. I had very, very long purple nails and I and I was feeling extremely sort of glamorous. And one well, of my nails glamorous. thank you. Uh one of my nails popped off. So I was busy trying to sort of handle the Lulu Guinness handbag whilst trying to stick the nail back on with super glue, realizing I'd stuck my thumb to my nail with the super glue. And at that point, so this was probably about four years after Evita came out, when Antonio Banderas was the man I would have probably died for. Um, <laughs> and he came up and he leant over and he said, excuse me, do you have a light for my cigarette? And I got, I managed, <laughs> with my thumb still stuck to the other one, I managed to get a lighter out of my little bag and I held it up and I shook literally from head to toe trying to light this man's cigarette and I thought I'm going to blow up Antonio Banderas in a minute because I'm just going to set fire to him oh man he was so beautiful I love all of those you see I love all of the the fun little stories that people that sort of keeps the magic I think there's there's so much well I go back to the word judgment I can't bear everybody so judgy judgy of everybody and this Oh, what's she wearing? And who's this? And 
what are you wearing and and uh let's see inside your reality life and let's see up your pants i don't know whatever it is it's you know there's all just everything's exposed that's the glass floor yes with the glass floor (laughs) but it's just nice to hear those magical moments that we don't know about okay who for both of you then who were those people that just make you when you met them that you go so we know that yours is antonio banderos uh but you're both allowed two more one each yes i've got one after a matinee of Amy's View in New York, Richard Eyre came in, who was over for a short time, I think came in probably to, he'd seen it or give note or something like that, and there was a knock on the door and in walked Sidney Poitier <gasps> in a brown Macintosh. I'll never forget it, mm. ever. And actually, in all Richard, we've talked about it so often since, that was a really fantastic moment. What did he say? What did you talk about? Can you remember? He was just, just a adorable, elegant, exquisitely mad man. And, oh, he was, he was wonderful. I've got one too. Go. Go on then. Uh, I, I, I very significantly lost the plot when I met Cheetah Rivera. What happened? Tell me, tell me. No, it was at, it was at a very dear friend's uh, memorial service in New York and uh, I had to read a poem. And the reason that I... I first went to New York was to see her. Dadden took me for my 21st birthday to see her in Kiss of the Spider Woman. And she happened to be in this memorial just before I was. And uh, and at the end, she said, oh, hang on a second, I must say hello. And she turned around and started speaking to me. I have no idea what she said to me. But I cried so hard that I said to Joe, I said, you have to tell her how much this means meeting her here and and Cheetah Rivera, I mean, like, wow. she's a goddess. And, you know, so much part of, of my childhood and, you know, how we've all heard West Side Story for the whole of our lives, you know. And it was just amazing. It was amazing. I have to say, Gabby, there was one night when Ma was in New York doing Amy's View when the phone rang at about four o'clock in the morning and I answered it and this voice went, Fent! Fent, the Fonz is in my dressing room. (laughs) And she'd gone into the other room and he'd taken the phone into the cupboard to tell me that Henry Winkler was in her dressing room. It's true. It's very exciting. Well, I couldn't let it go. No. Gosh. Who would yours be, Gabby? Uh, Desmond Tutu and Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Golly, how wonderful. Those are two people I would love to meet. Um, the, the person I went a bit silly over was Donny Osmond because he was on my <laughs> wall when I was little. And I was going to marry Donny Osmond. And I remember on my seventh birthday, I got a, a Timex watch and I showed my poster of Johnny Donny Osmond, my new watch. And I believe that Donny said, that's a really lovely watch. And so when I met Donny Osmond, all I could think about was that he'd seen my red watch when I was wearing a nighty when I was seven. Oh, it I was such a... hope you told him. I did, but he was probably, he was Donny Osmond, he was probably quite used to so many people saying that to Saying, him. I showed you my red watch when I was in my nighty. <laughs> <laughs> That's so That's adorable. I, I have to say, just like you, Fendi, I, I cried afterwards. Oh, oh. darling. Oh. No, I did. It was... There was the man I was going to marry. Yeah. 
Oh. Have you got people that you would still like to meet, both of you? I would like to meet Keir Starmer. <laughs> yes. Actually, weirdly, so would I. And I would, I'm trying to find a place to get him onto this podcast because he's a fascinating man. You can surely do that. Well, I'm going to give it a go. I know nothing at all except seeing him on television. But you know he's a man of such authority. I'd like to meet him. OK, I'm sure that we can arrange that somehow. <laughs> I have a feeling that might... We, I'm sure that can happen. Finty, you've got, you're allowed one as well. Not so much for me. I'd like to meet Ben Platt. And I'd like oh, to say Sammy. thank you for uh, the, the impact that he had on my Sammy when he did Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. Because suddenly oh. Sammy said he felt like... <gasps> Well, actually, it was more when he saw Sam Tutty do it here, but, but Ben Platt was, is God. But Sammy said for the first time he saw himself on stage. <gasps> and, uh, and for that, I just want to give him a really big hug. So if I could have Ben Platt and Sam Tutty in a room, I'd be really happy. We lost Sammy to Ed Sheeran for quite a few years. He's got good taste. He has got very good taste. Yeah. He also gets mobbed by people because they think he is Ed Sheeran. Mar very brilliantly managed to organise a meeting between them before his concert for Sammy's 21st. Oh, my word. So that's his one then. That's his Tommy Looper one. And oh, as we were walking yes. out of the room, Ed Sheeran caught my arm and he went, excuse me, can I just make sure we're not related, are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. But he's um, he's very prolific on 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 TikTok. We're going back to TikTok because that every time I think of TikTok, I think of my girls in lockdown going, and you both can do it. I mean, you can all do it. I still can't. Oh, you could do that one, Gabby. That one's no, the I, easy one. No, I do one. the wrong arms. I'm not. Don't. That, it makes me go. No, that's. See, the idea of somebody teaching me a dance <laughs> makes me go funny. You were in <laughs> Chicago. You can do I all know. of that. No, no. I was in Chicago, and the the only thing that Mama Morton had to do was to do one turn. And I asked them, please, because I cried. I said, please, because I can't remember which way to turn. Can you take it out? And they did. And that's completely true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which way to turn. That is no. so dear. That's oh, so dear. That strictly come dancing thing makes me go wobbly. It's ooh. no, so I can't do that. Uh, uh, uh. But the tune is in my head. You learned so many. We did. Well, it's because I had a taskmaster. Yeah, you learned that really hard one. With this one. With the time. Oh, God. That one yeah, that two. took me ages to learn. Is that the one with the, you look at your watch? Yes, that's it. Oh. I'm, yeah, I mean, impressed. You know, if in in the whole, um, the the wonderful uh, uh, lineup of things that you've done in your life, both of you, that I'm sitting here and telling you I'm impressed with the dance that you did on TikTok. Oh, tell the director <laughs> as soon as I see him. <laughs> Well, listen, will you send Sammy my love and say thank you for keeping us all uh, just joyous over this time. But thank you both very much. And it is an absolute joy and a pleasure and an honour to speak to both of you. And every time I see a glass floor, rather bizarrely, I'm going to think of... No knickers. Um, Ivy Towers <laughs> and no knickers. Ivy and Tower the and no knickers. <clears throat> Perfect. Bless you both. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you so much, Gabby. Take care of yourself Lots and your of family. Love. Keep Bye. well. Keep well. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up on the next episode, the one and only angel himself, Mr. Robbie Williams. 
That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.